Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And boom. Back again, yet again. Back yet again, yet again. All right. So, uh, okay. Got Got Saturday after training. Saturday after training. Got what has been like 10 days since your surgery? Roughly. Yeah. Tuesday would be seven, right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 10, 11 days. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to drive you up to Vail for your follow up and play the fun game of what is the nurse day versus what is Rob here and watch you interpret her instructions over the last few days has been fun <laughs> hey man I'm sticking to the protocol kind of I am it's an interpretation of the protocol I, I'm not going outside the protocol <laughs> <laughs> right. you just forgot about a few things like having to you know use the crutches plural for four or five days she said wean yourself off yep so, that means you slowly have to go from two crutch to one crutch to walking. Is it two to one? Yeah. Why not two to none? <clears throat> that wasn't the method that I had in my head. Oh. Just two is easier, so then one would be slightly less easier. and then, It's true. And, and plus, the PT said, 
I'm usually going to one crutch. You know, if your leg gets tired and it's a little unstable, go back to oh, that's two. That's good. You got uh, some medical supervision. I got some supervision. Guidance. Dude, I, I believe you, man. Like, I know I pushed the envelope and I got to clear to ride the exercise bike. I'm not supposed to push with that leg. That leg is just along for the ride. Just put it through the motion. You right. Know? So I'm not supposed to push with the surgery leg, but I got cleared to ride the exercise bike. So okay. that wasn't my decision making. That was also the PT and, yeah. uh, and the Stedman protocol. Yeah. yeah. So good. I'm following. I don't want to go through another one of these. No, I know. Yeah. It's just fun to laugh as you push the envelope <laughs> with everything that you can, even your recovery. The I'm gonna do 25 of these leg lifts. She told you, if you can do 25 leg lifts, you can drive your car. And I was like, oh, she just told Rob he can drive his car. Yep. Like, I'm gonna show you 25 leg lifts. You have to do like six of them, and she was like, all right, I've seen enough. You got 25 in you. So she you may she may have been a little overwhelmed by you and I. I think me, that, I wasn't doing anything but laughing. Well, that that, that didn't add to it. <laughs> so that did add to it. That didn't help the situation. Because like I would say something to her, and which wasn't really funny, but you knowing me would laugh. So you'd be over in the corner laughing, and so I could see the doctor looking at me trying to figure out what I was What's saying. What's so damn funny? And then looking at you, because you're, and then she'd look at you and you're laughing. You'd be like, never mind. <laughs> so then she'd have to go back to figure out what I was trying to get at. And she's asking me about the pain pills, yeah. and I start laughing, and she's like, "What is so funny about <laughs> this?" Like, I just don't like the pain pills. Let's just leave it at that. We won't mention the knife or anything like that. Me feeling so. very vulnerable and putting a knife beside my bed. I didn't think that was pertinent information. It's not. For her and my knee. It's good to keep that under wraps. <laughs> That's kind of what I figured. That goes in the medical record like, oh, I allotted psychotic breaks. <laughs> so. Woke up with a knife next to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's certain things you don't want to tell medical professionals. No. I'm guessing that'd be one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got well, especially since you're not on it anymore. True. Uh, that you you learned your lesson. So if you continue to take it and have those thoughts, you might want to let somebody know. <laughs> so, because you might need help, I don't know. But uh, anyways, yeah, yes. that was the funniest part was when you told her like, I'm not taking my pain meds. I'm just smoking weed and doing edibles. <laughs> And she had just spent like five minutes trying to apologize for the pain that you were going through because maybe they didn't explain how bad it was going to be. And then she realized like, oh, this guy's a fucking knucklehead. He's not <laughs> even taking his pain meds. Like, I know she was, she's like, so do you think that might be part of the cause of your excruciating pain? Like, I remember her saying that. Like, I could tell that was about as smart ass as she could be. And still maintain professional <laughs> status. But she wanted to fucking be a smartass right there. Like, oh, that would nice for you to told us that. But she didn't ask. She didn't ask. Because <clears throat> everybody, they just assume. I'm sure you got to be the outlier. Like, as Probably. far as, you know, pain meds go. So, it, uh... But I wasn't really complaining to her about the pain. She asked me how it was doing. I said, well, it hurts like a motherfucker, you know. And no, you weren't complaining, and that yeah. was the funny thing, too. It was like, like well, why does she feel bad and apologizing? Because you didn't... I was just explaining, yeah, I was like, yeah, I get these waves of pain to where, like, I'm almost passing out and puking, and then I'm fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> and then it goes away, and it's just part of the ride, you know, that's the way I look at it. So, and she was so she asking how my knee was doing, so I told her what was fucking going on. And I wasn't expecting her to fix it, it just... Yeah, I think she just, somebody says something negative and you just people feel 
the need to, you know, say sorry or whatever. So, because yeah, the whole scene was hilarious. I'm like, (laughs) why is she apologizing? And then when she realized that she didn't even need to apologize, and uh, so yeah, then the leg lift thing, and then your crutches, you need them for four to five days, and yeah, there were just a few times when I could see her trying to figure out, like, what exactly is this guy doing here? Well, the whole the whole crutch thing, that definitely leaves so much room for interpretation, you know what I mean? She says, wean yourself off crutches in four to five days. <clears throat> so that means I slowly have to start putting weight on my leg and walking but she, totally at my discretion no 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 no. she gave you specific instructions see this is where like this is an interpretation she, did. she, of the she said wean wean yourself no, 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 off no. the crutches she said use them and then eventually when you're at home if you want to walk to the kitchen without them you can start doing that mm-hmm. use them while you're out in public and over the course of the next four to five days like use them less and so there was like a specific like starting point oh see okay i see that's just because i think you misinterpreted (laughs) (laughs) i see what you're saying that was an example (laughs) she was in case you didn't know what to do she was just giving you an example she was giving me an example of what weaning was Uh, so her idea of weaning and my idea of weaning was a little different she wasn't giving you instructions correct it was just a suggestion in case i didn't understand because she probably Figured I had That's it. what all the years of medical school are for, <laughs> for making suggestions. Okay. She probably figured due to my demeanor that I may not be the brightest man. And so if I didn't understand what weaning meant, she had to give an example. Right. We need to wean. She's like, this guy doesn't know what wean is. I need to tell him. I need to tell him what that means. That's the way I saw it. Okay. All right. Again, what did she say versus <laughs> what did Rob hear? It was a fun game. I think I scored pretty high. You scored pretty high. I did. I did. So, but anyways, it has been fun uh, pointing out the little discrepancies here and there. So, you got your own knee brace that you got, you found, and again, it's just fun. I know you're doing like you have a reason for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's still just fun to look at and be like, Rob, this is not what she said to do. How hard is to follow instructions for a week? It's tough. It is it's tough. It's tougher than you think. When you got a lot of time to lay around and think about things, it's tougher than you think. Yeah. I know, man. Being hurt, that's, that is definitely... And the, it's... Like, the problem is that so many injuries and things that we get, like, you can do stuff to speed the process up mm-hmm. of healing. But then there's, like, certain things... You're, no matter what, you're not, not. You're not going to speed it up. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard because like we're both like so proactive. Like, dude, Kelly gets on me all the time when I'm hurt. I'm just like, you know, massaging it, rubbing it out, stretching it. She's like, you know, leave it alone. I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this thing feel better faster. I'm not just gonna leave it alone. And so, yeah, our own, uh, um, our own thing starts working against us uh, with. Some of the injuries, and that's the hard thing, man. Like low back, ribs, you know, fucking knee surgery. There's just certain You're not things. Speed it up. No, you just gotta like let it heal, yep. and then just get back after it once it's healed. And try trying to like do shit while you're hurt is where people fuck up. They're trying to toe that line. Like, how much can I do? That's you know, not I, I, too much. I'm aware of that. I'm being real cautious. I, I am because she Jenna was explaining to me the other day too that. 
This is interesting. I hadn't really thought about it. When you first put that cadaver tendon in, that's when it's its strongest. Because it's it's its own tissue at that point. Yeah. And it's just and then slow like over the first two weeks, it's still kinda in that state, but the, right about that two week period, the body's like, Okay, we have to bring this into like make it one of our tissue. So it starts that acceptance process. And then you got that window basically from like two to four weeks to where that tendon is at its weakest it's ever going to be. Because it's not quite its own tissue yet. The body hasn't totally, you know, taken it in yet. And it's in this like little morphine fucking phase. Mm. And that's when it's super suspect to turn. Uh, She's like, most of the time if ACLs fail in a surgery, it's it's usually in that window someplace. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. She's like, yeah, it's, it's really weak. We're getting to that point now to where it's super weak and up to four or five weeks. It's before it starts going back uphill. Huh. So, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, it is, like, funny, man. Like, eventually, like, that cadaver tendon is going to be, like, everything is going to be just yours. Mine, yeah. The body just accepts it as yours. It's not even accepted. Like, it's literally, like, because all the cells, like, it's going to, it's, it's going to literally, like, that tendon, the cells in it are not the same. In 10 years, they're not the same cells that are here today. Mm-hmm. Right, and so like today, the cells that are there are from the cadaver tendon itself. Like they're from the donor. You know, they ha- they they're they're his tissues, and in like you know ten years, I think it's like every seven years, your body replaces oh, some some tissues are right. faster than others, but like yeah, like with every seven years, you've literally replaced all the tissues in your body at least once, um, and so yeah, that's like. In seven years, that cadaver tendon will it won't be a cadaver tendon anymore. It'll be like your tendon. That's weird because they have like those boats that like the old boats that are like oh this is so and so's fucking wooden boat and they yeah. re- they replace all the all place, all yeah. of its eventually replaced over time one piece at a time. If it wasn't all done at once and and so it's still like. Is it still what makes it that boat? Yeah, is it still that boat? Still that boat, even though it's all been replaced. So. That's gonna be your your tendon, man. It's yeah. like the boat. It's gonna be Rob's. Is tendon. it Rob's or is it Frank's tendon? Yeah. So that point be yours. I hope. Yeah. It's crazy, man. The body's fucking nuts. That you can like put another tendon in there, and it, your body's gonna like use it and turn it into its own. It's pretty fucking wild. That's fucking crazy, mm-hmm. man. Like, there's nothing that we can create that even comes remotely close to being able to do that like our greatest medical like you know what i mean like the best we can do is put it in there and then let the body do its thing yep. <laughs> that's it like we're not doing it we're not no. like influencing it just put it in place and yep hoping the body takes care of the rest yeah and then the body yeah. takes care of the rest and we're just like stewards of like the this crazy fucking black box we don't know how it works just hope it works. Yeah, just pop shit in. <laughs> most of the time it works like this, man. That's the funny thing with people. It's like most of the time it works like this. Well, that's the, man, like with the statistics and stuff, like when people start saying like, oh, most people are like this. And then you start looking at the stats and you're like, you know, even if it's 80%, right? Even if it's 80%, it, like that means that 20 out of 100 people that's not like they're the opposite. Like they they're not, they're, and that's not a small number. So it's uh, yeah. When you start just going on 
averages and oh most people are like this and whatever it's it gets funny but so but you got to do it with most people's legs respond this way so here's our protocol hope it works hope it works <laughs> good luck it'll be different in two years <laughs> that's been the thing man yeah it's you keep looking for the old protocol and they're like those barbarians two years ago. We're doing it right. Doing it right. We got it down now. So, anyways. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, What do you, are you, uh, like, getting out in your garage and doing some I started, training? just yesterday, it was really the first time I started throwing in some, like, additional upper body stuff in between my <clears throat> PT exercises. Yeah. I, you know, I got half a dozen exercises I got to do. It's, as far as balancing on one leg, I mean, real simple shit. <clears throat> so I'll do do like a set and then in between I was taking a mace and doing just like some pullovers seated pullovers not standing up you know just seated yeah. so that my legs are totally resting and doing some pullovers and then what else I, I was doing something else too oh um, it worked out pretty good I got a, a dip station on my squat rack mm-hmm. and the dip station is like a perfect height for me to use as balance for doing like my balancing PT stuff mm-hmm. and so I just put, I put the dip station there I just balance on that, do my PT stuff, and then I jump up and do some dips, and then back and so. That was the first day I started throwing some upper body shit back into it. Nice, I didn't, man. I didn't go too crazy. Yeah, like I say, I don't. My body doesn't need to be put a ton of resources to fucking repairing those muscles. Yeah. So. Yeah. But so just moving felt good. Getting some movement. Yeah, dude, I was pumped. Just like, oh, this, the, the dips felt good and pullovers. Like I'll be doing some pull-ups tomorrow. Get a little yeah. pump going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Burn some of my energy forget it's like oh man i like the pump yeah so <clears throat> that's cool so but i've been good up until like I said, yesterday was really because like, i did it like the first day and i got yelled at and i said that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense i agree <laughs> that was dumb so I, i've been really good i hadn't done anything and so yesterday's the first time i was like oh i can probably throw some upper body stuff in now so yeah as long as it's easy yeah yeah i'm not trying to kill myself just, it is it's all I, I like you know jenna said it's you it's energy management resource management and so you know 24 hours after surgery you need to just be diverting all resources towards the knee you know at this point it's just you can divert a little bit of resources towards just maintaining and doing some stuff but yeah same thing it's like man just body's only got so much energy just lay down yeah let that let the (laughs) knee heal man let it recover and yeah unfortunately too it's uh we just don't as we get older, man, they just don't heal like they used to. I mean, fucking 20-year-old athletes get ACL surgery, and they're, like, back competing in, like, was it, like, nine months or something like that? I forget, like, who it was, but somebody came back from, like, knee reconstructive surgery. I think it was, was it Tiger Woods or something? I don't know. I remember hearing something, or maybe it was, it was somebody, man. Yeah, those, those <clears throat> pro athletes, but I'm sure they're, they probably get it, like, one or younger and better specimens, better better people you know what I'm saying so to speak yeah, yeah. genetically yeah, yeah. and two I'm sure they got got enough loot to where they're doing stem cell and PRP all that shit yeah. additionally to help her recover you know what I mean yeah. everything they can do yeah Yeah. if I had the loot I'd be getting some fucking PRP and stem cells shot in there you know to help it heal up fuck yeah, yeah. I looked at it it ain't cheap right but I, cons- I considered it I was like that'd be fucking cool but it is still definitely not cheap yeah Yep. So, anyways, well, it's cool we get to do it. You're, it's funny you kept, you're like amazed that the Stedman Clinic lets you in to have your knee worked on. Oh yeah, it's really surprising. It is nuts though, man. You walk in there and it's just 
fucking signed jerseys and pictures and just all the athletes that they've worked with and it's uh that's crazy and definitely got that down to a science i mean it is a a factory in that place i mean that in a good way they got it down everybody in there knows what they're doing everybody's got a job yep they just get it done drop it off to the next person get it done boom 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 boom. yeah man i would that was probably just the the messing or uh just our the interactions with that place were probably some of the smoothest uh I've seen with like a hospital medical place. I mean, they're, they're pretty on it and, you know, a little behind, which is far for the course, but it, 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 you could definitely tell it seemed like they were like trying to respect your time. Yep. Yep. And I, I guess probably, I mean, you know, you don't attract high profile cause man, people like that, like they're used to having their time respected. You, you can't fucking treat them that way so i i kind of felt that like that vibe was like there's just there's a little bit different level of professionalism around here because they're used to dealing with really high performers that kind of demand a little bit higher degree yeah and some of those professional athletes they're not going to be sitting out in the waiting room for 15 20 minutes waiting you know what yeah. i mean that's just not yeah happen. Not, but dude even like 15 20 minutes is like did you go to like some you know we've all had the fucking nightmare where you go to the doctor's office and it's like half an hour yeah. 45 minutes and then they lead you back into a little room and, and then, then you're, you're just there. sitting there yeah. no one's talking to you you gotta go fucking track someone down and be like hey did you guys forget about me in this room <laughs> what's going oh no someone will be with you in a minute like 15 minutes later and you're just it's a fucking nightmare <laughs> i can't even tell you how many things i have just you know you you, you assess like okay this hurts it's bleeding you know it might be bad but do I really want to go and deal with the fucking emergency room and the hospital or going to the doctor and all this stuff? And, you know, you weigh it out and a lot of times the answer is no. <laughs> so just suck it up, man. <laughs> deal with it. Deal with it. Just fucking deal with just it. Just deal with it. So, which is, you know, probably good. I mean. No, that's definitely, that place is definitely a well-oiled yeah. machine. Yeah. It's impressive. It is. I got how many operated on. Definitely go on might there. Well, or you, if, I mean, you might as well because you're gonna spend same. You know, if you got insurance, you're gonna you're gonna spend the same amount of money whether you do it here in town or you go to the, one of the best places in the world. Yeah, the best place in the world, like two hours away. Yeah, like, why wouldn't I don't? Why wouldn't you do it? That's yeah. my thought. It's like, yeah, why yeah. the fuck not? Why the fuck not, man? <laughs> why the fuck not? So, exactly. yeah, well, good adventures. Adventures continue. They do continue. So. And, uh, yeah, I was trying some new stuff with my training. We were talking about earlier this week with, uh, trying to take the isometrics in the, in the different direction, the yielding isometrics. You've, you've talked about them a little cause you got the, the Steve Maxwell's. Yeah. When he came out with that program. Book with it. Yeah. And so again, the idea, like the, the stuff that we do a lot of when we're talking about ramping isometrics is like overcoming where you're, you're pushing into something um, you know, an, an immovable object. And then the, the resisting or yielding is where something's pushing into you and you're trying to resist it. And so it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a subtle, but very, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an important distinction because it is, it's like the difference between, you know, trying to like, you know, if you, if you've got somebody's sleeve, and you're trying to like pull it in and lock it into your hip for you know whatever reason 
you know, the, the, the overcoming is you trying to pull it in. And then the, the resisting and the yielding is like, once you get it pulled in, keep it. they're trying to pull it out. And that's not the same thing. And so working those two ends is, uh, um, I think important. And, and something we've both observed too, is that the, it, the overcoming isometrics, they don't, where you're pushing into something like, man, the heart rate does not go as high as you think that it would. You know, like you're breathing hard, but the heart rate's getting up into like the 130s, 140s on like the hardest ones where you're doing like the squat or the deadlift. And you can be doing like the chest press and the other ones and the heart rate staying down in like the 120s. And, and it's interesting because you feel like you're breathing. It's not easy. And so, uh, but man, those, those yielding isometrics... Man, they fucking jack your heart rate. Yeah, I thought I thought about that. You know what I, I think it is is because when you're doing the yielding isometric, say you're doing a flexed arm hang, you know, yeah. pull up hang. Yep. So you're resisting the gravity and it's yanking you away from the bar, and you got so you're resisting something that you can't control. I mean, all you can control is how long before you bitch yep. out, right? <clears throat> and so you got, and when you're doing it the other way, like you're doing a chest press with a belt. Yeah, like we're mentally tough, and you think you can push your body to everything it's got, but there's like there's like a rev limiter there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think it would take. I mean, there's probably uh, there is people that can do it. I but I'm not there. But be able to push yourself hard enough in, in an isometric to where your heart rate gets super jacked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah. It's probably some sort of self. I don't know. Yeah, I, governor, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because you're stronger eccentrically than concentrically so you can always lower more weight than you can lift right, right? so like right. you know bench press you can lift 200 pounds guarantee we could put like 250 on there and you, there and, and you could chest. lower it under control right. and so um the tension levels that you're able to handle basically are higher eccentrically uh-huh. than concentrically so you think that's why you i think that's what it is yeah you're able to like achieve higher tension levels and part of it is like you were saying is like you're not controlling it. Like the, the, the weight is the weight is the weight. And as you get tired, you're having to work harder and harder and harder to maintain those tension levels. To Whereas like with the overcoming and the concentric, like you're in control of the tension levels to a much higher degree. So you're ramping them up as opposed to, you know, holding on. You know, because when you're doing like, say, like the chin up hang, like, you know, get up like halfway or, you know, your chin's just barely over the bar and hang in there. And, uh, like, it doesn't get harder as it progresses. It's like, like, you're holding the same amount of weight from the first second to whenever you, right. you end versus like the, the overcoming ones. Your detention level during the first 30 seconds is different than the, t- you know, the tension level during the last 30 seconds. And, uh, I think part of it, yeah, like you just can't produce as much tension uh, when you're trying to lift concentrically. And so I think that's part of it is the, the tension levels you're able to generate. But part of like what you're saying is like, man, you're not in control of it. No. You, like you're just holding on until you bitch out. That's all you can do. And I kind of like, dude, I, I, I think I like the yielding ones better. I think there's something there. Man. I mean, I, they're pretty close to the same. Yeah. But if you know, like say you put a gun on my side, I had to pick one. It's yeah. the only one I could ever do forever. I'd probably go yielding. Dude, I feel like the yielding ones because of the tension. Like in the way that I was doing them with the bands, mm-hmm. I think the bands really uh, 
like lock it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, yeah, using the bands, you know, again, just, you know, people listening, like, you know, we got the, the one where you like the row with the belt, right? You're sitting on the ground, you got the belt around your feet and then you grab the two ends and you're rowing it behind you. Then you can take like a band and like a pretty thick one, like one you'd use for like assisted chin-ups or something like that. And then same thing, like wrap it around your feet and then you're doing, you're, you're rowing in and you're holding. So it's the exact same position, the exact same move. It's just the difference is the band is trying to pull back and straighten your arms versus you trying to like break the belt. And dude, you, it's just, it's night and day, the tension levels in your back and the muscles and how deep you can feel with that banded one versus the, the rowing band, one. Yeah. But what's interesting is when I did the rowing one today, I felt like I was able to get more out of it because of the banded ones that I did on Tuesday. Like I felt like I was able to kind of like access, yeah, yeah. Like I was activating and turning on muscles, you know, to a, a that I wasn't getting with the with the rowing, the regular concentric one. And once I got those activated, and I kind of made that mind muscle connection, and it was like I could start applying them a little bit more to the the overcoming ones. So that's my plan now. Is Tuesdays is to do a yielding really? isometric workout, and then. Uh, do the the overcoming um on saturdays when we got everybody there and we got belts so belts and bands it's gonna be my new thing and of course what's hilarious is i used to have one of those platforms that you could like strap belt the bands on and do shit i had that thing for years like literally since i first opened my my first training facility which is going on fuck Dude, when we first moved to town, so it's like 10 plus years ago. And I had that thing, I never, I barely used it. You know, like, because banded training is one of those things that sounds great in theory. Then you start working with people and you realize like, dude, people are so far away from needing this advanced training that you almost never get to that point. Like, they just need to work on the fucking basics. And you throw some bands, you know, banded deadlifts or banded swings in for fun every once in a while. But man, I had that fucking platform and then, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, man, like fucking six months ago, I decided I just, nah, I'm going to get rid of it. And I just fucking threw it out. And now I'm oh. sitting here going like, fuck, man, that's what I could be using for like my deadlifts and some squat stuff. And so anyways, I'll have to think of something else, but it's funny. You just got rid of it. Ah, oh, dude. I've done that more than one time in my life. God, and you know it too. Yeah. You know it. You're like, I'm not getting rid of it because I know I'm going to think of a reason to use it eventually. And you know, as soon as you get rid of it, you're like, dude, I should have kept it. I should have kept that. God, within a few months, it's like the reason that you needed it reveals itself. <laughs> it's so maddening. If there's some way to like trick fit, you know, like put it somewhere and hide it for like three months, and then like if it still doesn't need to be needed, then you know for sure. Yeah, dude, I do that. So, <laughs> when I, I mean, I've gotten rid of a lot of shit from my house in the past couple of years. Yeah. So it's pretty bare bones. But it was what I would do when I was. There was a lot of things I could get rid of that were just. No brainers. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't need this. Not, but you start getting down to like certain clothes and stuff, and I'd be like, "Man, should I get rid of this? I, you know, do I ever wear it?" So the trick I would do, I'd get like a trash sack, put everything in there, throw it in my closet, like just stuff it back in the corner, and then set a reminder in my phone, like yeah. for like six months or three months or whatever. And then when that reminder pops up, you know, like a bag in closet, like if I hadn't, if I haven't gone to that bag in six months or three months or whatever yeah. it is. Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Don't yeah. crack it open. Don't look at it. Right. Don't remind just, yourself. Don't remind yourself what's in there. Just 
You obviously don't need it. Don't need it. Just take it, put no. it in your car, take that shit to Goodwill uh, and be done with it. I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, I've done that once, right? But that's what we're going to have to do with Z and his uh, his toys. It's <laughs> just, just getting too many. Too... Well, I mean, you know, you got a couple things. One, like cheap toys today. They're just, like, it's not the same as when we were kids, man. It's like toys were made well yep. and they weren't necessarily uh, cheap. You know, they might have some inexpensive toys, but they weren't cheap. And there's just so many fucking cheap toys out there now. And so he's just, he's amassed so many fucking toys compared to like what, you know, we have when we were kids. And uh, and he's, he's at this age where, you know, he's six. So he's kind of, you know, there's some little kid toys that when he was two or three that he's starting to get a little big for. And so, you know, we're going to do the same thing, man. We're going to go into his room and... We're going to have three piles of like, definitely keep, definitely get rid of. <laughs> and the biggest pile I know is going to be the, just throw it in a bag, stuff in a corner for like three months. And if he doesn't miss it, then it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He doesn't need it. Because, you know, when you're in there and you're looking at it and you're like, oh, do you want this Ninja Turtle that you haven't played with in, you know, three months? And, yeah. Oh, I've been looking all over I that. love Ninja <laughs> Yeah, I want to play Ninja Turtles right now. Like, yeah, I want that thing. It's like you always want it yep. when you're going through it. So, yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard funny. to get rid of shit. Dude, I had that with my t-shirts the other day. Yeah. I fucking counted out 32 <laughs> t-shirts. And I was like, dude, I could literally wear a t-shirt a day for a month. And then do laundry. And then do laundry. And Keely's like, well, that sounds like a good plan to me. And, uh, but, yeah, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I can't even wear this many t-shirts. So I had to go through them. I managed to get rid of three. <laughs> it's, you gotta start somewhere. I know, but you know what I mean? I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I like that too. I like that one. I <laughs> Just like you were talking sometimes. about with Z. Oh, yeah. I love Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I love that, that t-shirt. Like, that's why I got this old man strength one on, because I came across it. It was in there, and I was like, oh, man, I haven't worn that one in forever. So... <laughs> It's like, oh, I can't get rid of that. Kelly got it for me. I mean, and that's just like my wearing t-shirts. I actually have another drawer with my like collector's t-shirts. <laughs> you know, the t-shirts that like, I'm not really going to wear. Right, but you're definitely not going to get rid yeah, of them. Yeah, man. I got my Blue Steel t-shirt in there and, you know, some of the Rick and Morty t-shirts that I've gotten from Shiloh. And, but yeah, every once in a while I'll bust one out for fun. But yeah, I got like my everyday. I had like 30 fucking some odd t-shirts there. And then I got another drawer full of like my my keepsake Spe- t-shirts. Special t-shirts. Oh, Jesus, dude. This is crazy. <laughs> it, and the problem is, is every month the BJJ box sends me a new fucking For t-shirt. Sure. So, or, you know, mostly t-shirts. Sometimes it's a rash guard or something else. But 80 plus percent of the time, it's a t-shirt. So my jujitsu t-shirt collection has just exploded. It's good. Yeah. I like that Reefer Madness one you had on. A couple yeah, yeah, yeah. This Jiu-Jitsu Madness Jiu-Jitsu one. Madness. Yeah, the, off the Reefer Madness poster. Yeah, yeah like that, that was one. funny. It's pretty good. It took me, I was looking at it, it took me a second to put it together. Like, what am I looking at here? Like, I didn't I didn't get it until you said it the first time. I look at it, I, dude, it looks super familiar. Yeah. And so I read everything on there, looking at all the pictures, and I was like, the same thing. Like, there was like, dude, this is so familiar. What is this a play on? You're like reefer madness. As soon as you say, as soon as I like the word reefer was coming out of your mouth, I was like yeah, reefer madness. Like, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. The yeah. gateway art. <laughs> Don't grapple with the devil. 
<laughs> shit. Yeah, man. That one's a good one. That's the funny thing, man. I mean, there's some great jujitsu t-shirts. So speaking of reefer madness, though, we gotta share this story. We should share this story. Okay. So your first trip to the weed store here in Colorado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to yes. one one uh, weed store before. It was in Bend, Oregon, and uh, but yeah, uh, and that's it. That's been my my experience with with the weed stores. So yes, I got. Rob was my guide <laughs> into the, into the wonderful stores. world of Colorado weed stores. It's fucking amazing, wasn't it? It's amazing, man. Yeah. I, I don't... It, it's like... I told you, too, the funny thing that really cracked me up was the whole time we were in there, there was old people coming in buying weed. Yep. Yeah, I was going to bring that up if you didn't. We saw... We probably saw, what, six other customers? Yeah. Take the time. There was a couple people there when we were there. Yep. Then a couple people came and went. Yeah, and every one of them... Way north of forty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Probably north of fifty. North like, of fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, yeah. There, there was like old dude. Yeah, there was like some fucking straight up oldsters. Yep. Coming in, they're like, "Oh, we see you're on our loyalty program." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, he does. This is his first time, or not his first time. Not his first time. Not like you and me. We're sitting there like kids in a candy store, like Smelling asking questions. And how about this? And what do you got here? And they're just coming in, like, I want this and that, and and yeah, but it was, you know, wasn't. Hippies, nope, freaking yeah, it was super like professional, respectable people yeah. coming in, getting their stuff, and and heading on out, and it was uh, yeah, it's great, man. I know we've talked about a bunch, like all the crazy fucking stuff we've had to do in the past to score weed. Oh, the shady drug deals I had to do as a kid down in the hood. Yeah, buying the old Flint Town Brown. Yep, and I can just walk I in, can walk into a store, buy good science weed. Dude, insane! <laughs> they have like their pre-packed ounces for 150 bucks. 150 bucks yep. for an ounce of just fucking super. When we were kids, I remember ounces. It'd be a good deal if you get it for like 225. Yeah, 250. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't nowhere near this good weed. Dude, ounces like this were like because I, I when yeah, I lived in California, man, I told you I, I remember driving up to uh, Northern California. And getting ounces for like 300 bucks yeah. and then driving back down to Santa Barbara and gramming it out at 20 bucks a gram. <laughs> allegedly. 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 allegedly that's right. Sorry. Drugs. That's right. There might be a statute of limitations on this shit. I don't, I don't know, know, man. Let's it's not been, find out. It's been decades <laughs> since I've engaged in illicit activity allegedly. of that sort. But, uh, oh yeah, man. Yeah, that was the... Uh, uh, so, to see that is is great. And then... We got our, our gummies with the CBD and THC. and Game changer for sleeping, too. Dude, yeah. I was telling you, man, I've been sleeping like a champ. I've had it for the last two nights have been crazy. Because especially after rolling, man, like, dude, I, I would get frustrated. It would, like, piss me off sometimes. Like, sleeping would just be this frustrating event for me because... I would just wake up in the middle of the night and just be so sore. And you just can't get comfortable. You can't get comfortable. You get comfortable and then you start to fall asleep and then you just get so sore and stiff that you got to move again. And it's just, and it, your, your sleep is shit. And uh, training, you know, as much, you know, five days a week, it, it was like that more often than not. And so, yeah, the last couple of nights taking my, my Rob Hot's gummy. I think it's pronounced robots, but it's it's Rob spelled Rob Hot, so it's Rob Hot. It's Rob Hot. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I it's been uh, go to sleep, not sore. I wake if I do wake up, it's not like my mind's not busy and you know racing like it is sometimes, and it's been been nice, man. I'm like I hope it's it, it sticks, like it's not coincidence. 
you know that oh you just happen to have like two really good nights it's not the not that but I think it is I, I think I think it is because that's been my routine because my knee basically dude this thing is like in a constant state of discomfort you know I'm, obviously I'm not taking the pain pills and it just is what it is and <clears throat> trying to get comfortable at night is a motherfucker because just, just like you said after a hard day of training no matter what position you get into, it only lasts for a few minutes, and then you're kind of uncomfortable and you're shifting around. Yeah, but dude, that's the, that's the jam with this dude. Yeah, I, I I time it out, man. It's perfect. I eat an edible about an hour before I want to go to bed. Then I go out and you know smoke a little, then come back in and read, and you just boom crash. Yeah, it gets me. I mean, cause I last for like four to six hours, and then I wake back up because my knees hurting so bad. Right, and then I'll go out, then I'll hobble out to the kitchen and get another half a gummy and go back to bed for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, dude, without that, I don't think I'd be able to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, I really it's, think. It's, yeah it's good shit, man. And, and, and what's, it's just crazy that it's still, like, more states than not, it's illegal. Like, we live in a town where you don't have a dispensary. Like, that's the thing that just blows my fucking mind. After walking into that place, and seeing, like, dude, how professional it is. Yep. It's super nice place. You know, it's it's it is like I said, it's old people and professionals coming in and getting their their stuff. Um, it's like what on earth? And so much money. So so much money. Well, that's what's so maddening about our little town right here. And granted, in this county, they won't let weed come in and be sold recreational. But right now, you know, this election. They're wanting to raise uh, taxes. Property taxes. But they want to raise taxes on everybody to pay for different shit. For school, schools, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever. We got some of the worst schools in Colorado around. And here. so they're trying to jack all the taxes up. Like, why wouldn't why? you just let weed come in and be sold? Yes. And you make so much money. So much money. More like, money than you know what to do with. Right. Like, I don't understand. It's, that's to me, that's super frustrating. Like, it is, man. It's super frustrating. Yeah. It just it makes it's zero sense. Zero sense outside of the. I think I told you before that the rumor I heard is that there's money from Utah coming in, just kind of into the the Fruta and Grand Junction government, city councils the and money. stuff. The Mormon money, because they the they the do not want. Away. That they're trying to keep it as far away from their borders they can get it. <laughs> and the last thing they want is fuck Fruta's fucking twenty some odd miles. We're like. Right. About, yeah, less than that. Less yeah. than that, man. Nineteen road. Yeah, right? nineteen miles from the Utah. Border. Less than twenty miles from the Utah border, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's not what they want. Yeah. So, because yeah, it makes no sense. The 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 money the, from the tax revenue will help. And this is the other thing. This is uh, um, actually that that I just finished that Yo Johan Hari uh, with the Lost Connections his mm-hmm. interview, and you know really good shit. Um, but one of the things that he pointed out that was it was like well duh is drug dealers don't ID people. You know? So, like, if kids want to get drugs, it's way easier for them to score weed on the black market than it is to go get alcohol. Well, why is that? Well, because the the, the liquor store is going to ID. There's no way that they're going to risk their license just to sell to 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 a minor. The fucking drug dealer down the street don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. He's going to sell to whoever. So if you really want to put a barrier between kids and these substances... Legalize it. You, eliminate black market. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it just... it's Yeah, when he said that, I was like, wow, that makes so much fucking sense. Like, when you make it illegal and it's in the black market, like, there's no... Like, that's it. The, the, the barrier is just, can you find someone? And whereas, like, if you want to get alcohol, man, you got to... 
you know, find someone who's willing to go to, you know, buy it for you or get a fake ID. It's just like a pain in the ass. So yeah, man, throw up these barriers for these kids. If you really want to keep them from using this shit, cause you know, that is definitely a, a problem. Like, you know, there doesn't need to be like more young kids using the shit. So, but I just, I wonder if, uh, cause around here, like it's, still you can't get it recreationally and so there's still a, a little black market, market going on and you know like i said like i i know like you know some of my daughter's friends they're fucking 13 smoking weed and vaping and stuff like that and again man it ain't the flint town brown it's the good science it, weed. dude the science i can't even imagine a fucking 13 year old brain on science <laughs> weed dude like get out of here i mean i smoked you know maybe like two or three times my entire high school career you know i smoked and it was i remember i didn't even get high the first couple times i smoked like that's how fucking weak the weed was is you're like and i remember that was like common like people said like you may have to smoke a couple times before you actually like get high and uh i remember first time i got high though dude i thought i was fucking losing my mind (laughs) yes that needs to happen to more people dude i was fucking tripping yeah so yeah, hold on, we gotta take a pee break. Okay. Okay. Bong <laughs> mid show bong, mid show right. bong rip. That's right. And we're back. We're refreshed. <laughs> I considered it. It's like no, <laughs> I came back down to a good base level. I don't have quite the tolerance James has. No, not not yet. I don't think I'll achieve it in the next month and a half. No, I got faith, Rob. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm giving. Sounds like quitter talk to me, buddy. <laughs> Speaking of that, so... Tell your little inner bitch. Uh, so, our first trip to the weed store and all the cool shit we saw. Yes. But then we got the blunt for the ride home. Oh, the blunt, yes. The pre-rolled blunt. Yeah, that was... The fucking thing was amazing. That was awesome. I hadn't had one of those in forever. Years, dude. Years and years, Decades. Man. Probably, uh, man. Probably. I can't... God, I, yeah. It's, it's probably been about that long. I can't remember the last time. I remember when I lived in, uh, in Massachusetts... I had a buddy. I lived on uh, Cape Cod for a few months and had a buddy. And it was just, that was the routine, man. We'd go and score some fucking weed, get an eighth, go to the store, get our Phillies. The Swiss the Phillies. The Phillies blunts. And uh, it was just, yeah, you could get like three blunts out of a bag. And then, gotta go get, yeah, it was, that was pretty much all we smoked was just blunts, man. You forget how good of a combo it is. Yeah, it is. I remember the first time I smoked one, it was... Like, ooh, this is different. And even take those pre-rolls that I bought, I'll taste like there's some sort of tobacco in there too. Yeah, I wonder if there's some in that, there's like some tobacco in that paper. So maybe that's what it is. Or something. The kind of sweetness to it. Yeah. 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 But that is an interesting, good combo. It's so good that, dude, I'm going to have to take a trip up to the weed store this week. <laughs> Get some blunts. Those things are nice. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, those are good. And then you got your, uh, the fuck, the just straight up like rolled tobacco and weed mixed together. Yeah. It's a, that's a whole nother level of the tobacco. First time I smoked one of those, dude, I thought somebody had spiked the joint <laughs> with something. Like, literally, man. Like, somebody was like, here's, you know, smoke this. And, you know, it's this big old fucking, you know, joint. And I'm like, oh, sweet, hitting it. And uh, I remember we were, uh, we were at the beaches during a modeling thing. I was doing some modeling shoot. And one of the photographers or their assistant had given it to me and I remember turning around and like started to feel a little funny and 
I was like, the only way to describe it is like the colors shifted. <laughs> colors shifted. Dude, honestly, like that's the only way to describe it. I can totally <laughs> visualize it in my head. And it was like, just everything, the colors shifted. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I've done hallucinogens before. And I was starting to like, you know, be like, oh no, I'm starting to see some telltale signs. <laughs> How some visuals and yeah what is going on and i almost man went up to the guy <laughs> and said look i'm cool but i just need to know what was in that thing so i know what to be ready for because if i'm going on a ride for the next few hours like i just want to know what's yeah. going on that's it and uh but yeah it started to like mellow out and then i started to realize like oh okay like that's there's tobacco in there and you know, me not smoking cigarettes on a regular basis and inhaling a bunch of tobacco. Cause I was smoking it like a joint too. You know, I'm like, I remember over in Europe, man, they call them American joints cause they don't smoke straight weed over there. I, again, things may have changed, but when I was over there, it was like, they all rolled it with at least a little bit of tobacco, maybe not like full on, like, you know, I have it. It was at least a little bit. And they thought like smoking straight weed was like heroin really? or something. Oh Yeah. There were dudes that we hung out with that wouldn't touch them. Like me and my buddy would just roll a joint and especially we would fucking roll a joint and then we would take hash and put it on top of that. And they were like, dude, that's like crack and heroin combined. They were like, they wouldn't touch them. And they called them the American joints. Like, I, I don't smoke American joints. Sorry. They're like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? This is just, this is how you smoke weed, right? And no, 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 no. That's so again, I'm sure times have probably changed, but that was, I remember that. That was hilarious, man. People being like, no, man, I don't smoke American joints. But it is, I mean, it's a different effect. It is. It's definitely different. Just straight weed as opposed to the tobacco and weed. It's definitely a different effect. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I think over there, again, at that time, smoking cigarettes, this was like the late 90s. So, you know, like tobacco and stuff was, everybody smokes cigarettes or rolls cigarettes or it's just an accepted thing. So I think it's just like, oh, it's almost more like they were sprinkling weed in their tobacco. Yeah. And, you know, it's more like an additive to their tobacco than the other way around. With us, we're like, we're smoking weed and we'll add some tobacco to our weed and they're smoking tobacco and adding some tobacco to their fucking, or weed to their tobacco. So... And it's a different effect. It's, it's, it's a different, different game. <laughs> For sure, man. But, yeah. I mean, that's like some of that stuff we were talking about. Like having to go to the parks in Milan and Athens and haggle for weed. And buying, some buying oregano and shit. And like having cops coming into the park <laughs> and shaking people down like right next to you. And you're like, fuck, dude, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> And now he's walking to the goddamn he's weed store. store. Show him an ID. That's it. They're like, Shop take away. some stickers, man. Have some swag. Oh, you guys are residents. You get a discount. Fucking, we love you. I'm like, we love you too, man. They even wrote the word love on the side of the pre-roll joints. That's right. That's right. Spread the love. Man. I think it's the name of weed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> pure love or pure something love. like oh, that. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a pure love, two, one. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's the high CBD content uh for the pain relief so yeah man there you go there you go there's our weed store story so and uh oh let's go back to me smell something
we've been talking about my knee and weed a lot in the past couple weeks. And <laughs> each each episode, yeah, I, I think the only thing we haven't touched on that we touched on like the past few weeks is some sort of transgender topic. We we haven't offended the transgender community yet on this episode. Man, maybe we just try not to today. We could we could uh, ignore them. Indifference. Indifference. There it is. We can be Insulting indifference. Insulting them by being indifferent. That's it. That's right. it. When we don't talk about them, it's even more insulting than when we do. <laughs> Our silence is deafening. <laughs> insulting or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. Do you want to dive into what we we're going to talk to? Talk about today, or did you have what? some? Didn't you have some like fucking? We were talking about some bro science shit. You looked up. Well, I started looking it up, but I didn't really look it up enough to talk about it. But fuck it. Oh, that's it, right. The that X. study. I did, did, then recently, I did. I kind of caught it somehow in like a podcast. Somebody just mentioned in it. Yeah. There was some sort of new study. I think it was done by a pretty reputable place, a college or something, about eggs causing cancer. We're back, we're back to the whole eating too many eggs causes cancer thing. Hmm. Again, dude, I saw like the title of it, read like one article on it, and I, and I hadn't gone past that. So yeah, I'm sure it's fucking bullshit. Probably, yeah. yeah. Be interesting to dig into, but just yeah, four eggs, man. They're in, then they're out, <laughs> then they're in again, then they're out. It's like, can you guys just make up your mind? But yeah, I don't know. We were talking earlier. It's one of those things. Like, dude, people have eaten eggs forever, forever. Just you know, thousands of years. And I just don't see, it's kind of the same thing with like gluten, you know, when you really dig into it, it's like, it's not gluten. There's like a lot of modern factors that kind of center around gluten, you know, like how it's processed and being coupled with, uh, modern diets and, and things like that, that cause a lot of the problems. I mean, people have been fucking eating gluten since the dawn of time for all intents and purposes. I mean, Fucking agriculture again. There's debate where they were they brewing it for beer or bread, one of the two. But it wasn't soon after, you know, whichever one it was, the other one came along with it soon after. But people have been eating fucking bread like that was how one of the the, the impetuses for us coming together and creating larger civilizations. So and, and with that came eggs. Did you know that the Persians introduced chickens to the the Greeks during the Persian Wars? I feel like you've told me this before. Yeah, yeah, it's game, sure. game fact yeah. from my game. I was waiting for a load. It throws out some facts <laughs> here and there about stuff. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, the Greeks had a, a game similar to street hockey. Had like a curved stick and everything. Really? That they would play. Yeah, I forget the name of it, but I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> so <clears throat> then, yeah, and then one of the factoids is the whole is the uh, the like the. And I've mentioned this before that like Pythagoras had said that the earth is round and it rotates around the sun like thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. So, and that was one of their things is like it was established and I forget what year, but that the earth is round and it rotates around the sun, not the other way around. So just interesting that um, like how the fuck did he know that, man? Of course, in my game, he's like some super powerful demigod. He's actually my dad. Dad, I'm the son of Pythagoras. Pythagoras. He's like 150 some odd years old. He's like some super being. 
or whatever. He's tapped into the the knowledge of the ancients, and so, uh, anyways, that's how the game would explain it. Speaking of like <clears throat> gods and crazy shit, I watched uh, Avengers: Infinity Wars. Finally, finally, I watched it the other night. Yes, what'd you think, man? Pretty good movie, man. It's a good movie. It's definitely exciting. The next one's coming out. Uh, like in about a month and yeah I'm it's looking worth, forward to worth, it man it's worth watching yeah. yeah 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 did the the ending even though you knew like kind of what was coming it still was like like whoa yeah. really it uh it was yeah it was well done man I like those movies they're was, exciting they're fun yeah they're fun to watch yeah there's very like very little downtime in them right just a little bit of story building here and there, and then boom, some shit going on. A little bit of story building, and boom, shit going on. Yeah, and it's yeah. usually like pretty funny too, man. Yeah. Like if they are talking, like when they're calling Thor the, the like an angel and a pirate had a baby, <laughs> <laughs> the pirate angel. The pirate angel. <laughs> That's right, because his eye is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I got uh, I got some of the other ones on Netflix. I think like Ant Man. Or whatever. I don't know. Any of those Marvel ones are pretty good. They're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They get a little political from time to time. But, uh, you know, it's to be expected. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. So. They got a virtue signal to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, part of the, part of the deal, man. It's pretty th- hard, hard fucking segue here. What do you think about TJ Doshaw getting popped? You know, I, I, I have. Has there been any word no, on what it is? is? The only news out so far is, uh, and he broke the broke the code, like broke the silence. And he's like, "Hey, you signed up, you know, I failed the USADA test, and I'm going to relinquish my belt." And that that was it. Nothing's come out as far as what they found or how much or nothing. Hmm. And, it, and it was kind of weird too, is because usually, like after they've kind of fucked up over the years, like USADA, from what I understand, kind of has. Because initially is what they would do is like as soon as someone failed a test, they would like announce it publicly. Yeah. Be and that's even before they had like even all their ducks in a row and all the details and everything. Well, that just smears somebody's name, you know. So they could, they stopped doing that over the past couple of years to yeah. where they they would keep their mouth shut, you know. Like basically they would tell the UFC, and the UFC would deal with the fighter. But until all the findings were final, because right, 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 once right, it yeah. once it pops hot, then they got to go get the B the sample, sample and then yeah. check that yada yada. Yeah. And. uh so they wouldn't come public with it until they did all that. But apparently, from what I understand, is like TJ, as soon as like TJ got the news, he went public. Hmm. And so so then you saw it was like, oh yeah, that is what happened. But so that I, I think that's why not all the details are out yet. Because he came out public before. Yeah, I'll be interested, man. I'll be interested to hear what he's got, what his side of the story is. I mean, it's, it's with, I mean... Yeah, it was interesting that he gave up his belt so yeah. quickly, and that was his discretion. Yeah, like he just gave up his belt. Yeah, like no, I'm gonna, you know, he didn't say anything else. Nothing, just, just like no, I relinquish my title. Yeah, and so, so is that, I'm, I'm seeing that initially. That's just like admission of guilt. Like he's like, fuck it, I'm not fighting this or something. It's weird. Yeah, that 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 was what I found was was weird. I mean, out of the whole scene, I mean, fighters getting popped and and whatever. But, uh, but yeah, the fact that he just really <clears throat> and it wasn't even the fight that he got tested and popped for, wasn't even a fight in that weight class. Yeah, you know, that was for the Henry Cejudo fight, which was the next weight class down. Right. So it's yeah, 
Yeah, that was, I don't know, I, I it was funny because I just got done listening to his interview uh, that he did with Joe Rogan right after that fight. And, you know, he was just talking about being in the best shape ever at 125 and how much weight he was lifting and, you know, just how easy the cut was and all this stuff. And then uh, he's getting, you know, popped for something and giving up his belt real quickly. Real quickly. Real quickly. It's just, yeah, I mean, with all of the recent history with John Jones and, you know, even like, uh, was it Josh Barnett? Hey, the recently yeah. they're, they're, they fought USADA and 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 won and he won his, yeah his name cleared yeah and, and I mean there's definitely been enough uh, you know examples in the past of people that have fought and won that to just be like ah, I give up like right strange. off the bat is strange yeah. and so yeah that was the thing like I can't like if I really had to to dig down and think of some weird conspiracy theory <laughs> for you. Um, you know, part of me is, uh, how do I put this? He's obviously very attached to his trainer. Mm-hmm. And it's, this doesn't look good for his, his coach, him. Right. You know, either Dwayne, his strength coach, or his, his strength coach guy. That I think it was, yeah, the guy yeah, that works out of his house. Yeah, yeah, the training lab guy or yeah. whatever, who's just, you know, supposed to be this fucking genius. And, and uh, you know, he, he really, you can tell he really thinks a lot of him. And, and so part of me was thinking, like, man, is he trying to just minimize the damage, to that the, guy. damage the blowback to his, his coaches by trying to just keep this as low profile as possible so instead of being a title holder trying to fight this i'm just you know hey i realized that i you know had a fight ahead of me and i wanted to focus on that and not worry about the title so i just you know relinquished it like i could see him kind of having like that angle where he's just trying to keep things you know smooth or as smooth as possible and as on the down low as possible so it doesn't become some high profile thing um but that was I don't know. It was, like I said, it was really funny because after listening to that interview and literally like a day or two after yeah, he got not. popped and that was like, I don't know why, but that was kind of, I had that feeling like, you know, man, he does not, this does not reflect well on his coaches and yeah, like, they, like if it does come to be true, that is going to put the stink on that coach. Yeah. Well, and he's yeah. the, he's the poster boy for Dwayne Bang. Right. And for that, that the strength coach guy, yeah. and so yeah, but let's be real. Like if he does, if it does come out that yeah, he was juicing with something, are any of us that surprised? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <clears throat> not really. I'm not. I mean, dude, I think more more guys in the UFC are juicing than they're not. Just not getting caught. Doing something. Doing something. Yeah. I mean, on some, yeah, on some sort of level. Yeah. Like some sort of PED. Yeah, because that, that, like, that's always that gray area is there's things that aren't illegal because they don't know they exist yet. Yep. And there's... It's just a cat and mouse game. Yeah. Right? Who, who, you know, the users versus USADA, who's the head of the race. Right. You know, that's that's all it is. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and that's, a, again, like goes back to what we were talking about with like, kids and and drugs and if you want to fucking keep a barrier between kids and drugs like make it legal and it's like same thing with athletes and steroids like man a steroid dealer ain't asking his source like yo man is this 
clean? Is this pure? Is this, is this, pure? Pure? Yeah. Is this good? Where'd you get this from? What you know, like you're getting stuff from a doctor, and there's a, a fucking like a chain of like you know exactly what lab it came from, what batch it came from. Like you know that it is what it is, and you know that you're getting what you're you're taking. You're not getting more. You're not getting less. You're not getting some fucking weird shit coming with it. And uh, dude, remember what was it the thing they used to get like growth hormone from cadavers in like the pineal glands of cadavers, yeah. and like people would fucking like shoot that up, and it would like I remember there was something that was like not good with that. But again, it was just. You know, that's what you force people to do when you create a black market for things. And and the, the dealers on, on the black market aren't checking this shit. Fuck no. No. They're not inspecting the lab. Yeah, man. So quality, There's no quality control in the black yeah, market. Yeah, so you're asking these fighters to, like, put their lives in danger on some level. And, yeah, it's all horseshit. So. I'm, I'm interested to see what it... If it's going to be another bullshit like this John Jones, oh, there was picograms in the system. Right. And it was just pulsing, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, right. I, I don't want to hear that story again. I, I don't want to hear that song and dance again. Dude, I think it's going to be a more common story. I mean, now that John Jones got, got set really the precedent. And, you know, man, I will say, like, listening to that, um, oh, what's his name? The fucking, the... Or the the testing guy for the UFC Novitski, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I gotta admit, man, he definitely sounded. There was some when when he was interviewed and he was being asked about all the John Jones shit. I mean, he had a couple good points. Like, you know, you're getting these labs in this arms race for their testing, and like, how low of a level can they test for? Starts to become like a selling point for them, and so you start getting them testing for levels that. They're, they don't actually have anything to do with performance enhancement. It's just, hey, look how low we can test. Not, you know, here's the levels that we need to be testing for. Can you test for that level? Great. Okay, cool. And, and so, like, I, I did kind of, like, you know, if, if what he was saying, without me looking into it at all, you know, is true. And I, I can see that being true, you know, just that you can detect levels of shit that just don't really have a biological impact. Um... But it, uh, yeah, you shouldn't be fucking, who knows, man, who knows? It's... I'm, I'm placing my money on Anavar. I think Anavar is the, the drug that, like, a lot of, uh, female athletes take it. Yeah. And, and uh, and being that he was trying to, like, cut down on weight, yeah, I think, if I remember right, this is my bro science, Anavar is one that, like, helps preserve muscle. I think so, yeah. I, I think it helps preserve muscle when you're on, like, you know, calorie deficit. Yeah, if I remember right, I seem to remember that being. Something like that. It, it 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 it's more of a, like it's it's not like one of the heavy anabolics. Yeah, so it's not meant to get you jacked. Yeah, it's meant to help with endurance and prevent muscle wasting. Yeah, if I remember right, and I would put, I would, I would that's my that's where my money's at. If that's what it is, if we're getting a TJ Dillashaw steroid, huh? Anabar, Anabar, huh? okay. Man, I don't even know because they never they never call them by their just fucking street names True. they're always like you tested positive for this metabolite and it's like you gotta what dig into it it's like what is that it's like oh dude you know it's just funny like nobody tests for that like when was the last time someone got popped for DECA <laughs> D-ball D-ball I wish they'd just come out the he pissed hot for D-ball everybody'd be like oh okay yeah it's like what are you guys talking about just put it in our lingo man <laughs> but I guess they don't wanna encourage people 
Because that's the thing, too. People are like, oh, that's what he's on, huh? Look at that motherfucker. Like, I ain't getting tested yet. <laughs> so, must be good. But, anyways, that's been the game forever, man. Forever. Forever. Remember fucking Dan Duchesne and his steroid underground handbook or underground Fuck steroid yeah. handbook from way back in the day. It's because, yeah, I mean, dude, we've talked about it before. I remember when they tried to deny that bodybuilders were using steroids. <laughs> it was all the weeder principles in Mega Mass 2000. It's so absurd. Just to even say those words. Yeah. I remember there was a point in my life as a kid, I remember thinking that, like, no, these guys aren't taking steroids. They're being tested, man, yeah. <laughs> They're promising. It's all the fucking the supplements and the... Hard training. The, the weeder principles. It was all fucking 56 of the weeder principles. <laughs> or however many there were, man. But, yeah, I bought into that. And then I remember it was uh, old Bill Phillips and Muscle Media 2000. They were the first ones to just start calling bullshit. And being like, no, nah, man, these guys are all juicing. You're never going to look like that. <laughs> what you need to do is take creatine for fucking 120 bucks a kilogram or whatever. Like, remember that shit yeah. was like... Expensive God, shit, it's so dude. expensive. So expensive. The phosphagen, EAS phosphagen. That was like the only creatine on the market for a while. And yeah, and then you take it and you spend all... You save up and you get it. You fucking take it and you... you do the grape juice because you're not supposed to spike the insulin and help it get in and you're drinking all the water because it's supposed to like give fill the cells, fill the cells fill and cells. intracellular hydration yep. it pulls water into the muscles and you're going to get <laughs> strong and you're going to put on all this weight and like the first two weeks man you're supposed to see like just be a different person it never happened it just, I'm always thinking what's wrong with me what am I doing it's, wrong it's here? It's funny, like you explained that ad in such detail. Like, and I, I could recall all that shit you were saying. You know, the intercellular hydration and all that. That's fucking ridiculous nonsense. Uh, and the thing is, though, is it's not untrue. Right. It's just again we've talked about. Like they just they would highlight the super responders, and not telling you that like yeah, two percent of people respond to creatine like this. The rest of you are just gonna like. Eh, maybe, maybe not. Like, dude, I've, I've never, I've taken creatine so many times on and off. Like, I'm taking it again now, but it's like, I just take it as a, it's just a supplement, like, to help me recover. Because I'm just trying to replenish my ATP, CP. Like, I'm not trying to use it to help me lift more weight in the gym or get jacked. Although, I was 172.5 this morning. Were you? Yeah, man. Fucking bulking up. I am. I've been over 170 for... A bit, so I think it's sticking. We'll see though. Summer's here, and we getting a lot more Outside. active. Yeah, biking and paddle warden and stuff like that. So I think I may have just bulked up a little bit to so have a little some weight reserve. <laughs> so when I do lose weight, I'm not too too skinny. Cause yeah, I start getting below 165, man. I don't feel like is strong for sure. It's uh. I like that 165, 170 range, but I'm trying to get up to 175. I have stepped on the scale and had it say 175. I just I can't get it to like stay there consistently. So you know how it goes. I'm gonna have to get up close to like 180. Like that's how I gotta. If I want to well, be 175, I gotta overshoot it and have it be kind of the middle there. So I haven't quite made my mind like put my mind on 180. So kind of happy. 
from where I'm at. Just have Angela make you some more chocolate chip cookies. Right. Get you up to 180. Some breakfast cookies. Breakfast cookies, don't forget your coffee. <laughs> That's right. So good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret, man. It's so good. Yeah, so. Anyways. Anyways. There's that. I guess that's, that's all the extracurricular shit I got. I think so. That's all I got, man. I don't think I got anything on my notes. So we can talk about our jujitsu subject for the day, which is routes. Routes, pathways, creating your own routes. Yeah. Yep. No, I don't got any other thing here. That's yeah. it. Routes. So, so this came up because you were thinking. Um, God, one, I sat down, I was trying, because I've been teaching the Wednesday basics class for a while now, and trying to come up with some sort of curriculum on it, and you were talking about, you know, some thoughts you had on coaching more, because as you're recovering, able to come in more, you'll be able to come in and help out with class and coach some more, so, and you had some thoughts on that, and uh, so yeah, something we've been discussing on and off, like the idea of, of creating routes for yourself. Um, versus just trying to learn moves. So I guess like if you want to try yeah, so, to explain that. Yeah, it's where I was coming from. I was initially coming from like a coaching standpoint. So let me touch on like usually the way we coach. Like so for example, let's say a side control escape. So for that day in class, you're teaching side control escapes. And you'll, you'll teach escape number one, escape number two, escape number three. It's a very common way to run a jiu-jitsu class or, you know, teach techniques. So it's what I was thinking. And there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think to change it up once in a while, like to teach a route. So like, let's say we'll start there, for example. So what I mean is, so you teach a side control escape. And then let's say, let's say it's like a, a, you pop up to dog fight and then you take them down, you know, like a double leg. So what kind of position do you end up in there? Oh, you end up in like side control. So what would be the next logical, you know, progression from there would be mount and then maybe arm bar so that's a route so you did a side control escape to the sweep to the mount to the arm bar yeah and so teaching teaching classes like that you know having some lessons and prefab routes out you know laid out for people yeah the beginning a beginning to end i think i can see it being pretty valuable because you see it i think what i don't really remember, remember what got me started thinking about it but i I remember one day I was watching like this white belt roll, and you could clearly see that like he just didn't know like where to go. You see, I could clearly see him just trying to do moves like, oh, this this is this position, this is this move, but there was no like intent behind the move. So right. he didn't really understand why he was doing the move. It was just, oh, once I was in this position, this is the move they showed us. Yeah, and I, I was like, okay, that's a big disconnect. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if you're just going from Position to position, trying, oh, you know, checking your memory bank every time you're in a position. Oh, that's a move from that position. Oh, that's a move. And and then that's a tough way to piece it together. So I think teaching a route. Yeah. Where you kind of give someone a purpose. Yeah, no, man. I don't know. I, don't, I, I need to experiment with it and see how it goes. Uh, yeah. I think there's something there. I totally agree with that. I think that there's, um, you know, a couple couple reasons I like that. I think that there's something there. One is, you know, we talk about this a lot with with people when trying to explain like, you know, what is good jujitsu? And a lot of good jujitsu takes place in the transitions. Yep. 
And so, but those, tr those transitions are what you're talking about, like a route. So like, you know, for example, if you hit someone with a scissor sweep and then you pull yourself up to mount, like there's, there's specific transitions, there's specific openings that, that are there. It's, it's not just I hit a scissor sweep and then I'm, and then I'm mounted. There was a transition between scissor sweep and mount that as you get better and you learn how to exploit that transition better, it sets you up. And then you're like, okay, well this sets up a an arm bar. Like the way that I got up in this transition, they respond this way. So now I have this. And again, like in that transition, you can see, oh, here's where the, the, the submission opportunity is. And so I think that that idea of the routes is super important for people to get because it's like that's, that's where a lot of, of jujitsu lies is, I mean, I, I was talking yeah. about with this earlier, like uh, I hate starting uh, in top side control during positional sparring because you never find yourself in just like standard basic side control because you pass the guard and somewhere in passing the guard, if you got to side control, at some point you pass the guard or you hit a sweep or there was something and there was a transition between those two things and in that you were able to kind of hug the hips a certain way or you were able to kind of kill you know get the collar and, and kill their ability to 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 move out a little bit so to start in this this kind of neutralish position on top side control is is really kind of unnatural i told you like with adam i actually you know at one point let him push me into half guard because he's hard to pin down i have to pass his guard and and then in the transition, like wrap something up and then settle in. But man, trying to just start on top of him is hard. And so, man, I think that there, yeah, there's a lot there because that's, you're, we're, you're, we're going to teach people to start understanding the importance of the transition. Capitalizing on the transition. Yeah. It's not two separate things. It's not a sweep and then establish model. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, when you're first learning it, yes, it can be. It right. can be as simple as that. Yeah. But as you as you advance, like you're you're saying, it's basically like uh, to use like a pool analogy. You know, like uh, billiards. You know, like yeah. when you're shooting pool, when you're a knucklehead like me, you're, you're just aiming on one ball, putting that ball into the hole. That's it. But you watch the guys that are good, like they're setting up three and four shots ahead. Right. They're putting the right spin on the ball, so when it executes this one, it spins off and it lands over here, sets them up for the next one. Yeah, that's kind of that's the same idea, you know, as transitions. Yeah, I don't know why I give a billiards analogy. Like huh. we have a big listening base that plays fucking billiards. Or something. Yeah, that's good. Just came out of the came out of the ether. <laughs> there, <laughs> as but, I was finishing, I was like, "This yeah. is stupid." But anyways, yeah. it, it explains yeah, it. it, it yeah, and that's really and that's hard. If you teach, if you if you go back or if you drill or if you teach. Like I just talked about, like move one, you know, three different moves in one position. You're never going to touch on those transitions. Yeah. Because each one of those is going to have a separate transition. Right. right? And so it's... Because for most people, you'd be like, you know, scissor sweep and then mounted arm bar. Like those wouldn't necessarily be in the same class. Right. Because they're, they're, they're different things the way that we usually categorize right. how we're teaching jujitsu. And so if you're teaching someone how to hit a scissor sweep... And you know, kind of touching on pulling the mount, and then you're teaching them like a mounted arm bar, but you're not showing them like, man, your transition from scissor sweep to mount will help set up this Darn. arm bar. It's like really hard, and and that's what I I love, man. I'm like I joke around with it uh, that you know it's like oh, 
you know, you're on my back, but I'm actually got you in a triangle in five moves. <laughs> but but that's yeah, what that's it, it is. Yeah. It's like once you understand, like I see the route. You're on my back right now, but I know the route from where I'm at to triangling the fuck out of you. And so if I can, you know, force get that route going, that's where we're gonna end up. And maybe the route changes, but I got other routes. And that's I was telling Kelly I like that idea because you start to see jujitsu that way. Okay, here's a route. And then and then sometimes you can you, you know, you you can jump into a route like two steps in, right? Cause yeah. something else led you there and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I recognize where I'm at. This is this position from this thing that I learned. And then you can start taking that route. And then maybe you start to get deflected and you see like, oh, well, oh, wait a minute. There's another route over here. Like they're defending this, but I can go this way and jump into this route. And I, it, it's totally, man, when you said it, and I started like talking with Kelly and thinking about it, I'm like, that's how I kind of see jujitsu. It's like all of these routes that I'm jumping into and out of. and That's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've been seeing it for quite a while. That's yeah. I try, I, for some reason, my mind, it helps me sort it out. Yeah. And like you, you will, you will flow in and out of other routes. You're like, oh, I remember this one. Yeah. I got a route that I got a route for this. I just got to get him to do this. Boom. You know, and go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, that, that's how I think it's good because, you know, um, you, yeah, it's going it, to, a lot of people won't necessarily pick up all the, you know, first time, whatever. Like maybe it is a little easier for like, here, I'm just going to teach you three moves. Right. Right. And so you come out and you're like, oh man, I know three moves now. And man, no, dude, here, we're going to teach you, you know, this route. And then, you know, we're going to kind of hammer you on some of these details on the transitions and stuff. But man, like, but that's jujitsu though. And so I think that the earlier you can introduce people to these concepts so that their brain starts trying to process them, the better, you know, trying to protect them and be like, oh, well, it's easier to do it this way. And it's like, you know, maybe it is. I don't know. Like, I think that the, the routes can sometimes be easier because you're constantly you know, you're able to connect, uh, you're, you're only teaching them one thing, even yeah. though there's three moves in their mind, it's still one, one thing. thing. It's a, here's, here's, here's where you start and here's the end result. Right. Here's three moves that get you there. Right. But one, it's one, one thing. One thing. It's all one thing. Yeah. And your brain sees it and processes it that way versus yeah. like, I'm going to teach you three things and you're like, wait a minute, what was the first thing? And, and so, yeah, it's like yeah. I say, the more I tell you, even just the more I talk about it and just this conversation right here is it's selling it to myself even more. Like I think there's something there. Yeah. See, it's a matter of just, you know, coming up with routes to teach and, and, and putting the time in and trying it with people and seeing what the, the holes are like, Oh, that didn't work. You know, right. 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 Yeah. Like this. And yeah. We get, I mean, and once you get into it, the shit's just endless. Yeah. It's, just, it's like mind numbingly endless. You know, you really have to start distilling it down. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, I think that's good. And that's it, something, uh, I think, you know, teaching people that, that there's routes and then there's some core positions that present different routes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, especially from closed guard, like this is something I've been really emphasizing in the basics class is, you know, there's some, there's some big core basic controlling positions from closed guard that once you get there, there's several routes open to you so like the overhook is a, is a good example we worked that one a lot it's like man if you can get this overhook on someone and get your hips out to the side a little bit now all of a sudden you've got you know the fist 
punch choke. You've got an arm bar. You can set them up for triangles and omoplatas, and a lot of it depends on what they're doing. And so, you know, I've been trying to like, you know, drill that in, into the, the, the new people's heads. Is like, man, when you, one, get yourself to close guard, you know, if you don't know anything else, just try to get your legs around somebody, and then have like a position that you can get to that you have some different routes and some different options out of that position. Because again, people get caught up in moves, right? So they're trying to hit a hip bump sweep without realizing like, no, man, all you need to do is, is cap their shoulder with your armpit and just hang out there for a second. Like once you get to that position, like you're in a good position. Now take stock, you know, maybe the fucking hip bump sweep is there. Maybe they're going to post an arm and now you can hit a triangle. Maybe they're going to push into you and now you can hit the fucking guillotine on them. You know, like, but if you are just, I'm going to hit a hip bump sweep and you're going for a move and you don't realize like, no, man, there's a position here with all these different routes that you can take and whatever they try to defend one route, like they got to choose which one of these three routes am I going to defend? And the others are open, man. Now they know if they're good, they know those other routes are open. So when you go for them, they're going to try to close those off and that becomes the fucking game. But... Yeah, dude, that's the way. And, and I'm glad you said it just the way you just did, is because that's how you start building it yourself. If like if you don't have somebody teaching you routes, you know, and because I keep talking about it from the coaching side, but as far as building your own routes or system, like that's that's how you, you just got to start somewhere. You're like, okay, I like to get the half guard. I like this sweep. Okay, so what happens when I do this? So make that because you can start anywhere as a starting point. Yeah, you know it can be an escape, it can be a sweep, it can be a take, like anywhere. Or you can start at the other end, like okay, I like arm bars, I like arm bars from close guard. So you can start building your route from there. So this is just you know reverse engineering, like okay, what do I have to do to get to here? Yes, you know, yeah, so yeah. You, you can build it that. Start way with too. the end in mind. Start with the end in mind, like yeah. okay. And when you're first building your route, like it might just be two moves. It doesn't have to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it really doesn't. It Maybe be, just close guard. Yeah, just get to close guard. You, you should know how to get to close guard from from being mounted. Or almost every like, position. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Make that make that a route. For yeah. Like close. I'm mounted. I'm getting to close guard. Yeah. That's you know that's the beginning of the first route. Yep. And then close guard. Okay, let's you know get to the hip bump sweep or you know or triangle. The pit stop. Pit stop or something. There's so many fucking moves off the pit stop. Yeah, but you just you slowly start building your own route. Yeah. So you can do it either way at the beginning or the yep. end. Yeah. Dude, that's been, yeah, so much like I've realized, you know, since we started having these talks, I realized that's how I see jujitsu. I have my positions. I got my popolo control, that little knee bar control for my leg. Like, that's one of my positions. I know when I get here, all right, man, I got, you know, leg locks here, passes there, whatever they're doing. And it's like you're just trying to get to those positions. And that's what it is. A lot of these things are predicated by, by position. Like, you, if you get to a certain point, then you know what their reaction, you've limited their reactions basically. Like by your good positioning, you have limited their reactions and their routes. And now you get to try to dictate which one you're going to take from there versus just, you know, flailing, like, around, flailing around, man. Yeah, that's what you see with a lot of, of white belts is, you know, it's, dude, we've all seen it, dude. You slap their hands and, and you, you could sit there, like, like, just fucking sprawl out on the ground. And they're just like, they're convinced that one, you have some magic power that you're about to unleash on them. <laughs> and then, or, or two, they're just like, you know, oh, and they don't do anything. And it's like, man, you just you gotta have something to do. Yeah. Have a route. Have a route, man. I know I was working with uh, 
one of the new white belts, forget his name, Andrew, I think it is, today and, and somehow butterfly, just your basic butterfly sweep came up. And I was telling him, I was like, man, this is good. Learn this butterfly sweep. But I was like, you want to use this, you know, because how many, most of the time when we start out, somebody's sitting down, somebody's yeah. on their knees. And so if you're sitting down, you're basically in butterfly guard. I was like, so slap hands. And now instead of sitting there playing slappy hands for a fucking couple seconds, like start digging for the underhook and start trying to hit the sweep. You know, just, just try to go for something. And then you're going to figure out like, oh, well, this gets shut down this way or they defend this way. And then I was like, there's just something else to work out. You, exactly. You come back, you say, hey, James, hey, Rob, you know, hey, this happens to me. What do I do? This is what you do. And that's, that's how you build those things. And that's what, yeah, like that, that's, that is the process, man. You have to practice stuff, go into the lab and fucking and spar. Yeah. yeah just experiment, see where it's getting shut down. And then, uh, yeah, go from there. And it's just the never ending, the never ending thing. I was all pumped today because I fucking found some reverse ankle lock grip that to made it drag. easier to leg drag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's just I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, man, like I need to figure out how to use the leg drag more because it, it's a strong position for me. Like I, it's I getting that foot across and clamping my knees on their thigh for some reason. There's just certain things that like make sense and come instinctively. Like I don't really have to think about that. And so uh, I was like, man, I gotta get that fucking foot across more. And yeah, just in in there drilling. I wasn't able to hit it today. So again, I got to go back and figure out like, what am I doing wrong? Is it just, I'm new, not committing to it or whatever, but that's the, that's the dance. That's the dance, man. Like, oh, this seems like it'll work. Seems like it'll work. And then put it into the test. Like, oh, it didn't work. Yeah. That's what makes you jitsu great. Cause you don't got to wonder. You can yeah, you, slap you, you hands with somebody and fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Or you find out like, well, it works on white belts, but man, I get up to like purple, brown, black, and that thing just gets shut down. So like, what's. What's the difference? What's going on here? What am I not doing? So, yeah, you don't want white belt jujitsu. <laughs> no. I told that to Randy the other day, man. He fucking snatched my foot from some position where I'm usually safe and got me with the ankle lock. And I was like, man, I was like you and Kevin are the only two that go for that fucking foot in that position. And he's like, yeah, it's there. I was like, man, I hate when I find out my jujitsu is bullshit. <laughs> and it was just relying on people's ignorance, man. And you know what I, which, but it's funny, man. That's how you, that's how, uh, you know, I look at it. My jujitsu is bullshit. relying on people's ignorance. You know what I mean? I know exactly man. what you mean. That's, you know, I mean, that says fuck. it. That says it beautifully. The, the, yeah, when you get exposed and something that was working, yeah. Gets completely just dismantled by somebody. You're like, oh, that never oh, worked in the first place. That really place. didn't work in the first place. People just didn't know what to do. Yeah. They were ignorant, and so my jujitsu has been bullshit, <laughs> and it's been relying on ignorance. God, that, that's like in my mind, that's the nightmare scenario. Is just like finding out, like you know, you find that out along the way. But like I said, it's like, like it's the 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 the, the, the fucking nightmare of showing up with no pants to school. Yep. It's like showing up one day and there being that guy. At open mat, who just like shows that, like, oh no, everything that you fucking thought you were doing is just bullshit. Not work. It's just bullshit. And of course, you know we've got Kevin who does that to me all the time. But uh, it, uh, anyways, you know what I mean. Different level. Right. Somebody who shouldn't be some other purple belt or something that you're like, oh man, this guy, 
looks like I should have a good match with them. And then you're just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Everything I do is just getting destroyed. My jujitsu's bullshit. It's been a lie this whole time. <laughs> it's been a lie. I blame my training partners. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you fuckers? You gotta quickly turn it on to somebody else. <laughs> it's not my fault. I don't have high enough, high, high level enough training partners. That's right. It's obviously your guys' fault. <laughs> no, luckily, man, that's not the case. I mean, I will say that's... It, 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 at this point, I feel like I have been to enough other gyms and competed in enough tournaments and had other, enough other people come to our gym and roll that um, that's not really it's not a, a fear anymore. You know, little things here and there, man, but there are, we got so many good training partners. Our jiu-jitsu at that gym so good that, yeah, we're not, we're not going to get embarrassed nope. anywhere. We, we can go and at least represent well. So it's, uh, yeah. It's good because we got a fucking culture of people that come in there on Saturdays and drill, and drill, man, and practice. It's kind of, it was kind of like drill day to day, though. I mean, there wasn't a ton of people there. No, I mean, yeah, it is spring. That happens. So, oh, yeah, it is spring break this week too. I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of the kids are all off school all week. Yeah, so people traveling and shit. I haven't seen old Wolf shirt, so he's probably on some. I'm sure he's on some, some spring river break thing. spring break adventure, yeah. whatever. So, but yeah. We'll be back in. Had a good grumpy guy class. Yeah. I've been able to do some grumpy guy stuff. Yeah. So Yeah. You're in there doing what you can. What'd you call it? Bipedal elitist? Yeah, you guys are your bipedal elitist. That's right. You're slowly squeezing me out of the circle. Yeah. He can only, he's, you can only do shit that you can sit for. Kind of doesn't require two legs. Yeah. And so, yeah, there at the end we were doing a bunch of stuff that required two legs. You're all salty. <laughs> you fucking bipedal elitist. Bipedal elitist. It's like, oh Kicking shit, you out of your group. Yeah. It's good, though. Well, I can't do, like, kneeling stuff. You know, even, like, in, like the quadruped position. Just that, that pressure on my knee. It yeah. just It's too much. I mean, I, I've been getting there just to slowly get there. But, I, like, when I do it, I have, like, 10% of the weight on my knee. It's oh, just, yeah. You know, I don't want to push it. No, you, know? you got a screw in that You got thing. a screw in there. You got edge. a drywall screw and another screw. <laughs> and, yeah. An anchor. An anchor and fucking cadaver tendon. And, yeah, so. Yeah. That limits a lot of that. No, it's getting there. I, I'm looking forward because the PT gave me a bunch of new exercises to do this week. Cool. So I got enough exercises I can do with that. I'm going to go home tonight and write down like my workout plan for the week. I'm pumped. At, at least I'm back to that point now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I can do these ones and incorporate this, this, and this. Yep. So. Sweet. Gives me something. Yeah. I like having a plan like this. But especially that I don't have to go to work and I really don't have shit to do all day. I, I like to have a little structure to get started. Yeah. Like, boom, helps, wake man. up. It does help, dude. It does help. I, I struggle with it. It does help. I go through. I, I get structured in my life and then it starts to become a pain in the ass. So I let it go, and then I realize I need more structure in my life. So yeah, yeah. When you don't have to be somewhere every day, it is a little time. It is a little tough. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm starting to get a little taste of the James Wilson life. Yeah. <laughs> it's self-directed for sure. It is. It's a good and a bad thing. So it takes it takes a lot. Like to when you got a place to be. You know, in, in certain time schedule and this and that, like it, it makes it really easy to be disciplined. Like, okay, I got if I want to work out, I got to be done by this time because I got to have time to blah 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 blah. Like, right, you just back figure right. it, and it's easy. Yes, and so you just say, oh, I got to be done here. Boom, 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 boom. 
But when you don't have that and it's a little more floaty. Like... A little more floaty. <laughs> yes, that is a good way to put it, man. It's, it's, You're working it's, out. It's, it's, it's tough, dude. Workout was supposed to take an hour, but yeah, what if it takes an hour 15? Yep. What does it really matter? And then you're done and it's like ah, you know I'm, I'm gonna get to it I just you know another 15 minutes kind of getting a cup of coffee and doing some shit <laughs> next thing you know like you 45 minutes an hour that you thought you were gonna be working is gone yep. and it's like oh but I gotta be at jujitsu so that's like a hard thing so it's uh anyways yeah it's it, it is it gets floaty Flo- it, it's so fucking hard to have that hard time and it's that's the thing that drives me nuts, like just to have a fucking small little rant here. Because everyone's like, oh, schedule it out, schedule it out. Like, I'm sure you've probably even heard people say, like, you know, every 15 minutes, right? Like, keep a little fucking lawyer journal where you're keeping track of everything you're doing for every 15 minutes so that you can, like, look at it and categorize it and figure out what you can cut out. And I think that there's definitely something to that, especially if you've never done it, right? Like, people who have never even thought about, like, God, how many hours a day do I spend on email or something like that? Like, yeah, you should. It might be a good exercise, but there's this people, you know, it's like if you can get everything scheduled just perfectly, then your life is going to fucking run well, right? So I'm going to get up at 6.30 and I'm going to work out from 7.30 to 8.30 and then I'm going to work from 9 to 11 and then I'm going to do this from this time to this time and it's like, it's like a goddamn doctor's office though. Mm -hmm. Because the first appointment never goes the way you expect. And so, like, inevitably at some point throughout the day, your schedule gets thrown off. And so then you're not accomplishing everything that, like, you thought you were supposed to because I got my fucking schedule going. And, and you're, like, feeling like a failure. <laughs> right? Because you're, you're, like, not accomplishing, you're not accomplishing your goal. Right. And so, like, I, I've, it's one of those things, like, I've really had to... You know, too much structure is depressing and is unsustainable. It's just completely unsustainable. And none is just destructive. Like, you're just not going to get anything done, and it's just not the, not the right way either. And so, man, it, I'll admit, man, it's been a struggle for me to, like, try and balance, like, you know, having some structure to my schedule with being realistic about the fact that my time's a little floaty. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't have to. I don't have a boss sitting there saying like, dude, you have to be here at fucking this time and and whatever. So, um, so yeah, it takes a, a, a certain type of discipline. But and yeah. it is a whole new type of discipline because really, I mean, my dude, I've had a job since I've been 16 years old. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've had some little breaks here and there with injuries or this and that. But basically, I've, yeah, been, right, yeah. I've been punching the clock been employed. In, so, yep. in some shape or form since I've been 16 years old. And so I'm used to that. I'm super like used and trained for structure and time and schedule. And so now that I don't have it, I'm like it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> I and I'm limited to how much I can get up and move around. So I haven't been too stressed about it. But now that my mobility's getting better and I'm getting the the leash, you know, get a little more slack on the yeah. leash, and I can do some more shit. Like all right, uh, yeah. I told you, I, I haven't even been off work fucking two weeks yet. Yeah. I'm already starting to go a little crazy. That's what the ancients used to call leisure. A gentleman should have time for leisure. If you don't have time for leisure, you're a goddamn fucking you're a laborer. So being able to just sit around and do nothing. Just think. As a gentleman. Read books and think, think and 
discuss, debate things. This would be considered leisure, having, talking about stuff. So yeah, just having time where you're not, it's not necessarily scheduled out and structured and I'm trying to accomplish this. Because again, so much you read, you know, you see Tony Robbins and the fucking rock and all these people who seem to be accomplishing like what it'd take five of me to do, you know? And you're like, God damn it, what is going on here? Like, how am I not able to accomplish a tenth of this? And um, yeah, I just think it's just not, it's not fucking realistic for us, like the whole the scheduling thing is uh yeah it's tough man but anyhow how how did we start talking about that i don't even know we were talking about routes and building routes and how to do it starting at the beginning or end you haven't like i don't know i have no idea how we got there i don't know either oh you're talking about working out and you're pumped oh i'm pumped yeah i get to put a little workout and she had a little workout i'm I'm gonna be able to do some like steel may stuff you know and yeah some indian clubs real light indian club stuff and even if it's like half kneeling you know in position i can do positions like that Seated, I can still do some of that stuff. So I'm pumped I can start incorporating some of that back in. And I can alternate, you know, like a little rehab exercise, maybe a little of this, a little of that. Yeah. And I really, I re- oh, that's that's how I started talking about schedule. Because I, I like to have, I've been doing it for a while now, like every weekend, usually on Sunday, I go through and write out my workout for the week. Monday, mm-hmm. At least Monday through Friday. Because Saturday's kind of pre-planned with a grumpy guy. And, well, it was pre-planned with a grumpy guy and drilling and stuff. But I always write it out. And that way, man, I don't want to think about that shit during the week. You know, I always just have, oh, that's what I'm doing Monday. Yep. Boom, 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 boom. And then I even try to treat it. Because, you know, what? basically every day I, I have a push-pull, hinge squat, glute. Some days I focus more on whatever. But anyways, and I, I kind of look at it as a weekly goal. Like, I need to get all that shit done this week. Because there's times to where, like, I get shitty sleep and I had to go to work so I wouldn't get it done. But that doesn't mean it doesn't. Just because I didn't get it done that day, I got to get that exercise done this week sometime. <laughs> so I would have, like, my whole week, like, oh. It looks like I got to do double fucking pull this workout because I didn't pull last time or something. <laughs> it's such a good feeling. It's such a good feeling having all that shit written down and having yeah. a plan, waking up and getting after it. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I see you laughing like, oh. Nah, man. I see where some of the craziness comes up. Dude, I know. You're like, God, just double it up, man. Got to miss it yesterday. Just missed it yesterday. Up. Do two workouts today. Yep. Yeah. I can see that. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I like. To, I mean, I gotta plan my shit out. The whole like walking in there, trying to make up a workout as you go. And never, you never get as good a workout. No, you don't. no, 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 no. Having some sort of plan and uh, just having it written down, so I'm like, all right, even if you end up making some changes to it, at least you had a plan. But that happens a lot too, because I'll have a plan, but as I get into it, then in my head it seems better, but once I start doing it, my body's like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. Let's tweak this. Yeah, so I'll do that quite a bit. Yeah, making yeah. making changes. I'm a fly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. People get bored though. That's the, like more people get, make changes because they get bored. Like I've been fucking struggling with that too. Just like dude, I gotta stop worrying about everything I can do, and just do the basic shit. Just focus on the basic shit. And uh, so yeah, I've actually come up with like a little warm up. Like I got my warm up, and now I've got like a. Um, a warm like a warm up before the warm up where it's actually kind of a little strength based <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff so like I've got a couple moves I'll do with the Indian clubs you know like like the, the throws the mills and, yeah the, the reverse mills and then I'll do like uh, um, a ram roller get up um, 
you know, doing some like marching glute bridges with my feet on the valve slides to make sure I'm keeping engaged. There's just uh, like sandbag carry. Like there's a few things. There's, there's some movements that, you know, I need to do, but it to keep things simple in a workout. How do you, yeah, how do you schedule it in or incorporate yeah, it? Yeah, because it gets real complicated real quickly. And especially if you're just trying to stick to a few basic exercises during your actual like workout. And so that's where like my idea of like, okay, what are these, what are these moves that I need to do? Cause it takes, it calms my stress level. Cause I'm like, okay, I know I'm doing these things in the warm up. I don't have to like, I don't ever have that moment where I'm like, fuck dude, I haven't done Turkish getups in like three months. Like I've just been doing all this other stuff with my workouts and I've just completely forgotten about that or like. I haven't been doing my, my sandbag carries for, you know, uh, and so that's what we'd always, you know, I'm always worried about what am I missing? Yeah. What am I missing? You know, no workouts ever good enough. What am <laughs> I missing? And so by just kind of having this little warm up uh, beforehand, it, it, it fills that in and then I don't have to worry about it. And it's like, if I want to pull one of those out, it's like, okay, I'm going to emphasize like get ups in this one. And, but, uh, yeah, I found that to be kind of helpful. Cause I, I was kind of, you know, it's kind of funny is I did something very similar. To like I would have like the meat of my workout, and let's say I knew that that was going to take me roughly forty five minutes or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then I would allow myself like 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, prior to that, like the warm up, like my play time. Yeah. Like doing doing moves that maybe I've been neglecting. Right. Maybe like maybe a Turkish get up or some sandbag stuff like. Mace stuff like stuff maybe that's like it's kind of hard to incorporate in, you know, to you know a traditional style of like workout. But yeah, still, especially when you're not working out, right? Like, you know, just all the time. Right, it's not your job. So yeah, it's I, I kind of did I did the same thing. Like gave myself like the warm up slash play time. Like oh let's play with this move, but do that for my warm up and then get into the meat of it. Yeah, and that, it kind of helps the same for the same reason. It helps me the the fear of missing out thought like fuck what am I missing yes there's so many exercises to be doing yep I've been missing this been so missing out that kind of helps that for me too yeah 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 so that's funny that is funny man cause yeah it is it's it's the curse of knowledge yeah it's like we we know too much like it's great that we know as much as we do it gives us a lot of tools in the toolbox to choose from but sometimes it's just it's overload and you're just always going like fuck I'm, I could do that that looks better so yeah, just deadlifts, fucking push pull, hinge squat, push hinge squat, glute. Yeah, the glute, yeah, the bridge, and there's, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's like okay, what are the basics? And then that's where like things start to go. Well, now we got the glutes in there, and you know, well, is the windmill movement in the basics? Yep. You know, okay, well that's six there. You, you, you know what I mean? Now all of a sudden it's like, and that's where like kind of taking some of these moves out of the, the workout and making them part of the warm up makes the workout simpler. Yep. And because yeah, the, the workouts can get just way too fucking cold. Way too muddy though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was talking with uh um Thomas, the our, our buddy. Where is he from Rifle? Or where's Oh uh, Black Belt? Yeah, 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 yeah. up in Rifle. Okay. Um you know or parachute. No it's rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhere up there. So it comes down, yeah. We, he was, we were talking, it was me and Shay and um, him, we were talking uh, some cardio stuff and, cause Shay was looking, I was training with my, my Morpheus thing and I had the cardio, mm -hmm. the um, stuff going and we were talking about how like a jujitsu round, you know, he's asking like, oh, do you, 
you know, do cardio and try and, you know, like do intervals that mimic, a, you know, what you're doing in jiu-jitsu. And I was like, motherfucker, look at this. I was like, here, if anyone told you this is a cardio workout, you need to jack your heart rate up to 170 and keep it there for about two, two and a half minutes. You'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> I can't do that. Like, if someone put me on an Airdyne bike and said to do that, so it, would just, do that. it would just, oh my God. And then to do it like, Repeatedly. oh, now do it five more times. Right, yeah. And then, and then come back, yeah. And, and so the, I mean, the point is, is like, you can't, like, the, the cardio for jujitsu is, like, you can't recreate it in the fucking gym. Like, you, you can you only sort of recreate it to a certain extent, but it's not the, yeah, it's not the same. It's, it's not, not the same thing, man. And so, but that's where, you know, people get, things get complicated. That's kind of my point is people try to overcomplicate stuff mm-hmm. with their workouts. And it's like, man, you just need to keep things really basic and do jujitsu. Cause the more, you, the more complicated you make your workout, like the less energy you have to put towards the basics in jujitsu. And so, yeah, that's, that's the constant struggle, man. It's like, you don't want to be too simple. We don't want to go back to like, fucking caveman days maybe we do that's it maybe that's the answer that's it man lifting stones and maces and shit and wrestling so simpler world that way yeah swinging maces and wrestling that's right universal basic jujitsu for all (laughs) still our fucking platform (laughs) it's still the platform still it so alright I'm fucking I don't know if I had else yeah I'm ranted out sounds good say some rants for next week yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week.